0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, God the Father. Good morning, God the Son. Good morning to all those who are in the auditorium. Good morning to those who are listening to us. Good morning. welcome you this morning. We welcome you for those who are online. We welcome those in the auditorium. We welcome you the King of Kings, the Lord of Lord, the conquering land of Judah. We welcome you Abba Father. We welcome you Holy Spirit. This morning is a new day. It's a fresh day. It's a day that the Lord has made. And I am joyful this morning because I have the strength to wake up this morning because the Lord gave me the strength to wake up this morning. Tomorrow is not promised to us. Today is not promised to us. And so I'm grateful that our father gave us another day to do his work, to do his will. so before we start let us just come into the presence of the lord and bow down and worship him because he is god and because there is no other god but you so father we come this morning and we come and we say to you abba father Thank you for who you are. Thank you, Lord God, that you made this day. Thank you, Lord God, that you have given us soundness of mind. Thank you, Lord God, that you care for us. You care for us like flowers in a garden and you check to see whether or not there's too much sun or there's too much shade. And you water us and you prune us when we need pruning. Thank you, God, that you care for us like you care for the sparrow. Not one day is a sparrow saying to you, Lord, I am hungry. Not one day is a tree saying, Lord, feed me, because you have fed them. What is man that you care for him so much, Lord? You love us in an unconventional way. You love us, Lord, with love that we cannot explain. And so, Lord, I am grateful this morning. We are grateful for the opportunity to come into your presence. We are grateful for the privilege to come to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We are grateful, Lord. We come And we say, Abba Father, thank you. We bow down this morning and we thank you, God. We prostrate our hearts before you, Lord. Thank you, mighty God. For where we have sinned or grieved you, Holy Spirit, Lord, we ask you for forgiveness. In thoughts, in words, in deeds, Lord God. Forgive us. Help us, Lord God, to focus on you and to listen to you. Lord, to do your will. And as we come this morning to worship you, Lord God, we we ask you that your presence will be here. That you will be with us. That you will guide us. That you will direct us. Lord, That we will walk humbly and prostrate before you, Lord God, being grateful that you have loved us, that you gave us your only son. Lord, you gave us your only son to bridge the gap, that we may come into your presence this morning freely. That we may run to our Father and he run to us with open arms. That we may come Lord God to you because we believe in you. We believe in you Lord. And no other God will take your place. Not the God of pride. Not the God of self. Not the God of mammon. No Krishna, no Buddha, no Muhammad, Nothing can take your place, Lord God. There is no other God but you. Who is there like you, Lord God? Who can say no to you? Who can say to you no? It all belongs to you. It is all yours, Lord. And so on that basis, Lord, we come gratefully, gratefully before you and we give you thanks. For those who are listening this morning and believe that you have abandoned them and forget them, Lord, it is a lie from the pit of hell. You will never leave or forsake us, God. You are with us through it. For those who are hurting in heart, physically, Father God, I pray, God, that you would heal them now. Because healing is our the children's breath. And Father God, we there is no limitation in prayer. So Lord, we ask you even now, oh Lord, to touch the different individuals who are listening online and those who will be listening later on today, that you would touch them. And heal them in their innermost being, Lord God. That you would touch and would heal from the crown of our head to the sole of our feet. Lord God, you are able to do more. Lord God, for those who have a need, not just a physical need, a financial need. I pray, Lord, that they'll be able to know, Lord God, that you would meet them at the point of of their need, Lord. I pray for the families in Sri Lanka that lost so many. I pray, Lord God, that you would go and comfort and heal and touch and transform lives. Lord God, every family that had a loss, I pray for comfort even though through your Holy Spirit. That you would come. Lord, that they would know that you are there. That you would wrap your arms around them. Lord, you don't know male nor female. Nor, nor race nor creed. And therefore, Lord God, comfort everyone, Lord. Comfort. It's not about religion or whatever, Lord. It's about your love. And Lord, even now, I ask, Father God, for healing to that land. So, Lord, we welcome you. And as we sing in Nicene Creed, it says, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty the maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light true God from true God begotten not made consubstantially with the father through him all things were made for us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnated of the Virgin Mary and born and became a man for our sake. He was crucified on the Pontius Pilate and suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into the heaven and is seated at the right hand of the father he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end I believe in the Holy Spirit the Lord the giver of life who proceeds from the Son. From the Father and the Son who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. Who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. This is what we believe.
1: Good morning again everyone. Good morning. The topic of my message again this week I will continue. We are three weeks on the same topic. What if Jesus Did not die. The more I think about it, the more a topic I think I cannot exhaust. Because you do not have enough time to share all that Jesus did. And all that he accomplished. And And we started out first by looking at who is Jesus. What did he accomplish? And even after he died and he was resurrected. What did he put in place for those who believe? This morning the scripture was read from John 16 and actually the scripture should have been John 14:15 not your bad my bad And in this in verse 15 he said if you love me keep my commands and i will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to help you And be with you forever. The spirit of truth. That is the name of the counselor. is the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him. Because it neither sees him. Nor knows him. But you know him. For he lives with you. And he will be in you. Jesus said. I will not be with you any longer. But I won't leave you though. As orphans. I will come to you. The one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then verse 22 says, Judas said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Peace I leave with you My peace I give you I do not give you As the world gives Do not let your hearts Be troubled And do not be afraid You heard me say I am going away And I am coming back to you If you loved me You would be glad That I am going to the Father For the Father is greater than I I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. But he comes so that the world may learn that I love the father, and do exactly what my father has commanded me. So come now, let us leave. So we see the background of the of, of the of the passage that was read this morning is that Jesus was at the Last Supper with his disciples and he was preparing them for the inevitable. Jesus knew that he, he was gonna die, and he knew that the time was near. But he also was aware that he was gonna leave his disciples and that he would remain with them. But how could Jesus Leave the disciples, yet Satan to them, but I will be with you. At the same time, he said, I was going to prepare a place for you, but I will be with you. So how could this be? As I read this scripture and prepared to share, I was reminded of my grandmother who was always preparing us for her death. She would look forward to going home to be with the Lord, and she would speak over and over and over. I remember there were mornings she woke up and she was really disappointed that she was alive, because she wanted to be with her Lord, and she felt she she had this song. She said, "Heaven is better than this," and she wanted to go and be with her God. And I remember that she got older. And she got ill. My fears were that my grandmother would die. And I didn't want my grandmother to die because I loved her so much. She taught me so much. She was the one who showed me to do many things. Her faith is one of the things that I marvel at until today. I wondered many times, when my grandmother like, If she died. How would I continue to live? Could I continue. Without my grandmother. Because she meant so much. She was like my, my focal point. She was the center of my being. And so I understood. What the disciples would have felt. When Jesus said to them. I am going to leave you and I'm going back to the Father. And I'm going to prepare a place. And even though the thought of a place being prepared for them would have been something to rejoice for. They were sorrowful. The one, the only person that they relied on. That they trusted, that they really now believed was the Messiah that was promised. He's saying to them, I am going to leave you. He was their rabbi. He taught them everything. So how could Jesus want to leave them? And not only did he say, I am going to leave you. But he said, I am going to leave you. Yet I am going to remain with you. I am going to prepare a place for you. But I am also going to prepare you for that place. But how could Jesus do that? Jesus knew that he was going to ask the father to send a comforter to be with them. And so he comforts his disciples in John 14.1 and he says to them. Though I am leaving you bodily, I will be with you forever. So do not let your hearts be troubled in verse 1. Trust in God and trust also in me. So Jesus not only offered them comfort, he made them some promises. He says, when I go, I go to prepare rooms. And some translation says, I go to prepare a mansion or mansions for you. But I will come back and take you to be with me. Not only will you be with me, but he said, but wherever I am, there you will be also. Then he says to them, but if you ask anything while you are here on earth, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And then he says, the boom shot of the boom shots, he said, I will ask the father to send you another counselor, not a counselor, but another counselor, the spirit of truth. To be with you forever. So in essence Jesus is saying to them. You will never be left alone. When I go. You will never be left alone. Because I am asking the father. To send another. Who is equal to me. Having the same presence. The same characteristics. That will come and be with you the way I was with you. The other counselor that Jesus promised is the Holy Spirit. And this morning we looked at the Nicene Creed, and it says, The Holy Spirit is the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, and with them is adored and glorified. So, who is this Holy Spirit? That Jesus is sending. Who is this Holy Spirit that Jesus is asking his Father to send? The Holy Spirit is the third member of the triune Godhead. He is the divine God who who has a mind of his own, he has emotions, and he has a will. And Ephesians 4 30 told us how that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. So because the Holy Spirit is God, he possesses the same characteristics as God the Father and God the Son. He is omnipotent, meaning he's everywhere. So if you are in Europe this morning and listening to us, he's there. If you are in Asia and you're listening, if you're in Africa, Australia, Antarctica, Northern or South America, he is there. The Holy Spirit is here with us wherever you are because he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. The psalmist David said in Psalm 139, 7 to 8, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. And at the same time. He is omniscient. Because he knows everything. Paul the apostle in 1 Corinthians 2.10-11 says. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things. Even the deep things of God. For who among men know the thoughts of a man. Except the man's spirit within him. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So we see that the Holy Spirit is omniscient, is omnipresent, and now is omnipotent. Being omnipotent says that he is all-powerful. is the power of God and the very presence of God's power. The Holy Spirit is the empowering presence of God. In Luke 1.35, we saw where the angel Gabriel came to Mary and he said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, Mary, and the power of the Most High God will overshadow you. In Luke 3121 to. 22, we see when Jesus was being baptized that the heavens opened and the Spirit descended upon Jesus in the bodily form of a dove. Therefore, in sending the, another counselor, Jesus was intentional in who he was sending to be with his disciples. He had to send someone to fulfill the same roles and function that he could when he was on earth in the flesh. So Jesus we recognize was limited in the incarnate Jesus was limited by his flesh because he could only be at one place at one time. He could not be everywhere but he was sending another comforter. He was sending another counselor. He was sending another advocate. Who could be everywhere. So he could as I said earlier. He can be in America and Africa and Asia and and Europe and Antarctica. He can be everywhere at the same time. So today we want to look at three of the roles and functions of the Holy Spirit. In verse 16 we see that the Holy Spirit comes as a counsel. And he comes to help believers. The apostle, the, 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 the evangelist Luke wrote in verse 16, he said, And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor. Jesus promised a counselor. As the counselor, he was a helper. He was the intercessor. He was the guide. He was the strengthener. He was the advocate. He was the standby and he was going to be with the disciples forever the the Holy Spirit was coming to function in the disciples lives the same way Jesus functioned in Romans 8 verse 26 we see where the Holy Spirit helps us with our weaknesses and he intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express When we do not know what to pray. So this morning. Do you know how to pray? And if you are in that place. Where your spirit is heavy. And you cannot pray. Romans 8.26 is saying to us. That the Holy Spirit prays. He intercedes with you. When you are weak. In Acts 9.31. He strengthens and he encourages us. The church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 4.18, the Holy Spirit transforms the believer into the likeness of Christ. So as you come to know Christ, the Holy Spirit is the one who brings about that regeneration that we spoke about last night, last week rather, where your own nature changes because he comes and he transforms. In John 16, 40, that was read this morning by Tamar, he brings glory to Jesus by teaching and reminding the disciples what Jesus taught. Have you ever had a moment where you knew that there was a scripture, a particular scripture in the, in the Bible that you memorized and you knew. You knew it was there but you could not find it. You did not know exactly. You can't remember where it was. That's a moment to call on the Holy Spirit. Because he reminds you. The scripture says he brings glory to Jesus by reminding the disciples of what Jesus taught. So so today we we hear stories and we hear people trying to refute the validity of the Bible and the gospel. And so today you and I can be confident that if Jesus comes and he reminds the disciples of what Jesus taught. Imagine when they were sitting down then John and Luke and Mark and Matthew were writing the Gospels. How the Holy Spirit would have been in their midst reminding them of what they saw and what they heard. Yet allowing them to maintain their individual perspective. So if if he can remind us about the one little scripture that we memorize. How much more will he remind them who was with Jesus. Who walked with Jesus. And saw what Jesus did. And they were taught by Jesus. He will bring glory to the Father. He will bring glory to Jesus. And remind them. Of everything that Jesus taught. In Romans 15.13. Jesus. The Holy Spirit. Fills believers with hope and peace. The Holy Spirit. Gives us a sense of well-being contentment and wholeness whatever our outward circumstances but what I'm realizing as we sang this morning fill us I'm realizing more and more it is when we are filled with the Holy Spirit that we are able to understand and enjoy and to experience all of the hope and the peace that he gives peace therefore is an indication of the Holy Spirit peace So do you have peace this morning? Because the Holy Spirit comes and he gives peace. In Romans 8 verse 11. The Holy Spirit allows the believer to live in him. And he lives in the Holy Spirit. In the believer. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Because of his spirit who lives in you. Paul teaches in Ephesians 5.18 that believers must be filled with the spirit. And I remember there are years upon years and I can think about even recently. Oh I said Lord fill me with your spirit. Fill me. And this morning we sang. Lord fill me with your spirit. But Paul is saying to us. That we should be more concerned. Not about being filled with the spirit. But allowing the spirit. He said. It's not how much of us. It's not how much of the spirit that we have. But it's how much of us. That the spirit occupies. The Spirit wants to occupy. The Holy Spirit wants to occupy our very being. But we have to surrender. We have to surrender every area of our lives to him. He cannot occupy something. I thought about it the other day. He cannot occupy something that is already filled or full. And when you think about a glass being full of water. What else can you add to it? Nothing else. So there's a place for us to come. And empty ourselves. So that the Holy Spirit can fill us. But what I also recognize. Is that those who are filled with the Spirit. Never. The scripture shows you. They they do not live ordinary lives. When they are filled with the Spirit, they are empowered to do mission and ministry for God. That's my second point. The Holy Spirit empowers the church for missions, the Holy Spirit makes possible the gospel promises and applies the work of Christ to the believer. Because he is the mediator. He enables the church to serve sacrificially. And to be an effective witness in the world. He equips and he empowers believers to graciously work. He equips and he empowers believers believers graciously for the spiritual work and ministry in the church to serve God's purposes. And the Holy Spirit does this according to 1 Corinthians 12-11 as he determines. He does it according to Hebrews 2-4 according to his will. And he does it according to 1 Corinthians 12-7 for his good, for the common good. So the Holy Spirit empowers us by direct influence so we see with jesus he came and he he came on him like a like a like a dove but he took up a bodily form of a dove so he comes and he overshadows mary or he comes and he but whatever he does it's a direct influence It's not from far he comes close to do it he actually comes in contact with the person that he wants to feel And he builds the confidence of those who are fully surrendered to him. One of the things that I also recognize that the Holy Spirit does. Is that he's a revealer. He reveals the things of God to us. And he reveals to you you where God has gifted you. So he reveals your spiritual gifts. He reveals your talents. And he empowers you to develop. Those talents and gifts and abilities. Either it provides the opportunity. For the believers to grow strong. Spiritually, physically, emotional. By doing the thing that they could not have done. And last night I had this conversation with Kirk. Where I said to him. I have never heard you say to me one Saturday night. I remember even when when even though the, the, this place had been rented and midnight before they come to the door and they knock and give us the keys. And Kirk would just jump up and go ready to set up. And I, and I thought about it. And I said, but Kirk could not have done that in and of his natural self. There's nobody who could have just been going, going, going and don't feel like giving up. Especially if you're not seeing the fruit of your labor and not feeling to. And I said to him, You know what? Clearly, it is the Holy Spirit that is empowering you to do what you do. Because you come and you spend hours and you come and you set up, and I've never heard him complain and say, Oh, it's another Saturday again. We're tired. And I'm saying, Even when the place is rented overnight. And, and, and we have to wait until they vacate the place before we can come in to set up. He's ready to go. And I said, God, that's what it looks like when we are empowered to work. The prophet Joel in Joel 2, 28-29 predicted what was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. He said, when the day comes, God is going to pour out his spirit on all people. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream. Young men will see vision. Even on my servants. Both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days. And so I've recognized. that as, as I went through the scriptures. I recognize that every time someone. Is spoken about being filled with the Holy Spirit. There is a conjunction. And follows whatever they do. So the scripture will say. And and was filled. And was filled with the spirit. And. Tamar was filled with the spirit. And there was always the conjunction. And they are saying. And what came after. Some amazing things. Amazing events happening. We see it in Jesus. In Luke 4.1. Where Jesus was filled with the, the Holy Spirit. But at the same time. He was led by the Holy Spirit. Into the wilderness to be tempted. In Luke 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. Before his ascension, Jesus promises his disciples in Acts 1 verse 8 that they will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on them. And they will be witnesses in Jerusalem, the Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. The power was for them to do supernaturally what they could not have done without the Spirit. And so after Jesus' ascension, the disciples were filled in Acts 2 with the, in the Pentecost. They were filled in the upper room with the Spirit and they were empowered to perform miracles and to evangelize. We saw Peter in Acts 2.14.36 being so bold that he stood before the crowd after being filled. And as a result, 3,000 converts came to the Lord that day. Healings and miracles occurred and followed the disciples. We saw even Stephen. For Stephen to be chosen to wait upon the widows, the prerequisite was he had to be full of faith. And full of the Holy Spirit we saw Barnabas in Acts 11 24 saying that he was a man full of a man a good man full of the Holy Spirit and faith and a great number of people were brought to the Lord because of Barnabas so for every time we see that the Holy Spirit comes and he feels or he empowers an individual it is never for us to be filled and sit at home and be and enjoy ourselves and our little space. It is for us to go and to become a witness of Christ in whatever shape or form He wants us to witness. He wants us to go when He fills us and evangelize. He wants us to go and and, and, and miracles and, and, and healings and all those things will happen because we are filled. Because it is on the inside dictating what we do. We would not be of ourselves. We wouldn't decide that today I'm going to stay home. Or tomorrow I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to crash and, 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 and read. Or tomorrow I'm going to crash. It will be him who dictates what we do. So do you want to be filled this morning? Because the Lord promises that those who are filled will do mighty things for him. And my final claim this morning is the Holy Spirit convicts the world. In John 16 verse 7 to 11, Jesus says, But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt. In regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment because the Prince of this world now stands condemned. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of guilt. And calls the world to repentance. The Holy Spirit convicts the world in regard to right guilt, in regard to righteousness. But what He does, He reveals the standard of God's righteousness to anyone who believes in Jesus. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of guilt in regard to judgment. Because the prince of this world stands condemned. But what the Holy Spirit does. It demonstrates that Christ defeated Satan. And the judgment that will come for those who do not believe in Jesus by faith. So finally this morning. What if Jesus didn't die? We recognize that if Jesus did not die. You and I will still be guilty of our sin. And we could never have access to the father. The reality this morning. That if Jesus, was not, couldn't, Jesus did not die. We. Death would not be defeated. Because Jesus could not have been risen. If Jesus did not die this morning. He could not go. And send a comforter. Another counselor. The advocate. The helper. To be with us. The Holy Spirit. Because we are mindful that when Jesus was on earth. He was limited. In being at one place at a time. So when he was in Jerusalem. He couldn't be in Judea. The people in Galilee never saw him. The people in Samaria didn't see him. But in leaving, Jesus says, I am leaving so that the Holy Spirit can come. Jesus recognized that with the Holy Spirit coming, that he himself, Jesus, he himself, God, will be present in the whole world through the Holy Spirit in dwelling, counseling, teaching, comforting, and empowering believers while convicting the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so this morning I want to ask you, what if Jesus didn't die? Would that have meant anything for you? This morning I am mindful that with Jesus leaving, he's still here because he's present in the Holy Spirit. And, and and Jesus says to the disciples, not only will he come and be with you, but he will come and he will live on the inside of you. And this morning, I know I could, I, I need to be filled. I know that there are areas in my life that need a kuru kuru need to go for the Holy Spirit to come. And I'm not sure where you are this morning. But I want us to just to stop and ask the Holy Spirit to remind us or to reveal to us because he can do all of those things where we are. How much of him do we have? Or how much of us Is he occupying? And he will reveal it to us. Whomever the Holy Spirit occupies is never the same. We saw men who were afraid and fearful, like Peter, becoming bold. We saw ordinary men like Stephen, stand before a Sanhedrin and said to them you killed the Messiah with boldness. We see the shadow of Peter people becoming healed because they walked into Peter's shadow because it was not Peter, it was the Holy Spirit overshadowing him what was inside of him radiated out of him We see Paul, a man being transformed by God to the place that a man who crucified Christians were now offering himself to die as a master for Jesus. So we recognize that when the Holy Spirit comes, we are never the same. I want to change. I want to do things that I have never done. I want to have thoughts. I want to allow the Holy Spirit to use me in a way that I have never been used. I do know. I no longer want to satis- be satisfied with the normal, with the ordinary, with the mundane, with the everyday. Yes, I go to church on a Sunday and I sing and I read my Bible, but what else am I doing? Is there anything else that I'm doing that shows the world that I am filled with the Holy Spirit? And so this morning that's a question that I have to answer. And I'm asking you to answer. Do you know the Holy Spirit? Are you filled? And if you aren't filled, are you open and ready for him to fill you up?
0: As we continue to meditate on the scriptures and to what Sister Eva said in terms of the Holy Spirit, we ask you, when you look into your life, where are you? Do you know Jesus? Are you able to ask the Holy Spirit to come? And indwell inside of you because you first need to know Jesus before He's able to come. So we just want to take some time and to ask you do you know Jesus? And if you do not know Jesus, do you want him to come into your life and to change you, to transform your life, that you may have eternal life the minute you accept him? So for those who are listening, who want to come in a relationship with Christ it says in Romans I think it's 10 verse Romans 9 verse 10 it says if you can set with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead then you'll be saved so even now For those who want to accept you as Lord and as Savior, we ask you to come to the altar, to bow your knees to him, to give your life over to him, to humble yourself under the living God that you may be saved. So you ask Jesus Christ to come into your uh, hearts even now. And to accept him as Lord and as Savior. And to be born afresh. To be born again. As Sister Ava says, the Holy Spirit then will be able to dwell in you. He is omnipresent, omniscient and omnipotent. He comforts, he transforms, he teaches, he directs. When you are at that place and you're not able to pray, he will pray for you with groans. He will in, in, in fill you with The word of God when you need it. He will remind you of the word of God. He will direct your steps. In the word it says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. That's the Holy Spirit directing you and ordering your steps. The Holy Spirit fills you with hope. he empowers you he occupies your entire being and finally sister Eva said it convicts the world it convicts us it convicts every single person Sometimes we say it's our conscience, but no, it's the Holy Spirit convicting us of wrong. So as we go, we want to recognize that we are not doing anything of ourselves, but because of Jesus, but because of you, Lord, empowering us to go and to move on. Empower us this week. We pray you will have a blessed week. We pray you will be infilled, that you will surrender every area of your lives, of my life, of our lives, that we may be able to see you, Jesus, in everything that we do while we're at work, while we're on our way to work, that we will have that friendship with the Holy Spirit that we may become a friend of God and for those who already have that relationship be a friend with the Lord the Holy Spirit is also our friend that counsels that corrects that comforts that is there as a friend when there is no one else physically there with you the Holy Spirit is there and so Lord we just want to thank you for this awesome blessing of having the Holy Spirit with us thank you Lord God for the peace that you infill us with Lord God thank you Lord God that the Holy Spirit touches our lives and transform us, that we will never be the same. That as those who are listening, Father God, today or tomorrow or next week, Lord God, that they can be able to call upon you and know that you are there to heal them, to protect them, to guide them, to walk them through the valleys and the highways of life, to recognize, Lord God, that you are always with us. That your promises are yes and amen, that you indeed are a God that is everywhere, that is always concerned with our with our concerns. And as we grow up to understand that, Lord, we are to be concerned with the things that concern you. Grow in our faith that Lord we may be broken with the things that break your heart that we will be moved with compassion the way Jesus was moved with compassion so may the Lord bless you and keep you this week may his face shine upon you and be gracious on you may his countenance Bring you peace. Have a blessed week and recognize that you serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and the conquering line of Judah who reigns now and forevermore, who was and who is and who is to come. That you are never alone. That you are never traveling alone. That you are never in any situation. That you are alone. But call upon the name. That is above all names. The name of Jesus. Lord you said in this world. That there will be many troubles. But we will have your peace. The peace that you have given unto us. Lord thank you.